everybody. This is Jeannie Faulkner, and you're listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. I'm calling this week's episode the to-go issue because I am getting ready to go to Washington, D.C. next week, where I will be taking part in a bunch of different events, um, but they're all leading up to the Women's March on Washington on January 21st. While I'm there, I'm going to be interviewing as many women and men as possible about their parenting experiences, their healthcare experiences. I want to get their opinions about current events and what's going on in D.C. that week. I want to find out why they're marching and who they're marching for. And I want to bring it all together for our listeners here on our podcast, Common Sense Pregnancy. But while I'm getting ready to go... Um, you know, I've got a lot of packing to do, but as you can tell, this is my first portable issue. So I have new equipment, a portable recorder, apparently a really nice one, and there's a learning curve to learning how to do this. So bear with me, folks. This week, you're going to be part of my experiment as I get ready to go to Washington. I'm just getting to Sarah's house. Say hi. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. So we're debating whether or not to take a walk. Yep. And if I do, I'm wearing my snowshoes because I hate to slip in the snow. Oh, yeah. Hate. I'm not risking a broken wrist. No. No. So I would wear my um, yak tracks on my running I shoes. I want some of those so bad. Yep. Those are pretty quiet. Mine are really crunch, 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 oh. which is going to drive our mutual podcast producer crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Um, Let's say we talk for 10 minutes at your house. Okay. And then we head out for a short walk. Okay, very good. Okay, cool. Very good. All right. So Sarah and I are sitting in her sunny window seat looking out over her really awesome jungle gym, play thing, play swing structure. set, play, play structure, structure. And it's just covered with snow. Mm-hmm. And um, we've decided we're going to sit here for a few minutes and talk like adults. Yeah. And then we're going to try to head out and not break our wrists. Okay. Deal? Uh, okay. Yeah, and the whole family's here because it's a yet another sn- uh, snow day. No school. Good. You want to be on our podcast? No. No. Okay, You're on it now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. Okay, Sarah. So, you know that the theme of my podcast is pregnancy, parenting, feminism, healthcare, politics, the whole enchilada. Mm-hmm. And of that, you were my very first guest. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Now that you say that, yeah, 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 yeah. You've gotten a lot of downloads. A lot okay. of people listen to you. Okay, well, that's an honor to be the first. Yeah. So, I guess the first thing is, why am I talking about running? Why are we talking about running in in this context? Well, because it is, it helps with parenting. I mean, that it um, it can help you. While you're pregnant, it can help you come back from pregnancy. It can help you stay sane if you're struggling with infertility and want to become pregnant. Mm-hmm. But also, um, it just helps you with parenting, and mm-hmm. that because there's so many just struggles, whether they are minute from deciding what to make for lunch to you know having to deal with um, big issues. You know, um, your kid uh, just got diagnosed with autism. Your uh, child, you know, is suffering from depression. I mean, there's so many things that we struggle with every single day and going out for a run and making time for yourself just can help recalibrate your mindset so you can deal with those issues and those challenges um, with more fortitude and hopefully optimism. 
These examples are coming from your tribe, another uh, mother runner tribe, aren't they? Um, they are, they are. So yes, yeah, so uh, with through another mother runner, which is um, the brand that I co-founded with my business partner Dimity McDowell, um, and it was born around our first book, Run Like a Mother. We have all these social media ways of talking with people and with mother runners, and we hear about every challenge there is. And we just hear time and time again how running helps those women. And it could be that it helps them lose weight uh, to come back from pregnancy and rediscover themselves, remember who they are, not just so-and-so's mother now. And But also just, you know, again, back to those challenges that motherhood presents every single day. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, I, I've been an off-and-on runner, oh, for a long time. And um, I've never been able to break past about the four mile mark. Mm-hmm. And over this, and then I, I'll give it up and I'll do swimming for a while. And then I'll give that up and I'll do something else for a while. And then I'll be a gym rat for a while. And a couple of years ago, I started running around our neighborhood and over to the park and back and a little bit further and further. Um, when we were going through just a huge crisis in our family Mm -hmm. and you know it gets dark here in portland Mm -hmm. and that combination of family crisis and dark seasonal affective disorder (laughs) yep i decided lace up the sneakers and i swear it brought us through brought me through brought my kids through Mm -hmm. and i still can't get past four miles and i'm seriously the slowest runner in the neighborhood and I still won't start running until I'm past your house that's sort of like my okay I'm warmed up I'm past Sarah's house now or just go in the other direction instead of going. oh you know why I go that direction why well now I don't have this reason is because there is a bathroom open at Grant Park which is halfway oh, or you know hilarious. a third of the way that's hilarious so I got used to that and go that way and uh I but there's like so it. many porta potties in our neighborhood you can always find you know I have a house remodel going on. <laughs> I have not found the lucky porta potty. I have found the other porta potty. The one where you open it up and you go, oh no, no, I'll hold it. Oh no. Oh no. But yeah, I mean, uh, the, you know, you're talking about the seasonal affect disorder. I mean, that I've been so reminded of that. We've had such a tough winter yeah, here. We have. And that's why we're sitting in this window seat that because I can look at the sun while we're talking. <laughs> we're like little sponges. <laughs> right. Just soak it up. And, uh, you know, and, but there is is something different about being out there in the running in the dark particularly if you're with a friend that darkness doesn't seem as heavy yeah and it just doesn't seem as limiting yeah and then it helps alleviate darkness from other aspects of your life yeah yeah so um while it is a joy to get to run in the daylight hours such as they are sometimes in portland on weekends you know for me running with a friend in the dark on these winter mornings makes the rest of my day so much brighter. Yeah. So you're getting up in the darkness. Well, so typically, so let's pretend we don't have uh, no school because of snow days over and over and over again. Right. Um, I think I can remember what the what that's like. Remember that curriculum yeah. and all of that, the <laughs> I schedule? Do, I do remember that. <laughs> we kids actually learn something other than how to perfect yeah. their Xbox skills. Yeah, I remember those a little bit. So um, typically I wake up at... Um, 
529, not 530, but I wake up 529 because otherwise I'll be late to get out the door to meet my best running friend, Molly, who lives um, six blocks away. And we start out our runs by running toward each other. And then we just meet on the street wherever it is. And we decide which On my street? On 21st? On my street? We we typically meet around 21st. We do. Um, Sometimes she she usually makes one last stop to the bathroom. So I'll sometimes get past 21st. But it's so funny because there's that big rotary in the middle. And we always, and there's such big trees we worry that I'll be going on the south side of it. She'll be going on the north side of it. We'll miss each other. So but, you get there and you start, Marco. Yeah, right. That's oh, really no. much what it is. And so, um, so, yeah. And so then we just run typically for an hour. And just, I mean, it is, even though it's dark, it's the oftentimes the brightest spot of my day. Yeah. I mean, I just love love my best running friend and having knowing that she's out there even if it's raining even if it's you know 33 degrees you know and just above freezing whatever it is that you know knowing that she's out there makes me get out the door and makes me enjoy it so much okay so what's your take on new year's resolutions well, typically in another mother runner, we don't um, place a lot of heavy emphasis on them. I personally am not a New Year's resolution kind of gal. I um, I think too many times you set yourself up for failure instead of success mm-hmm. because you set these wildly ambitious goals. Say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the gym every day, every day, every day, and I'm gonna completely <laughs> cut out all dairy and all desserts and no sugar yeah, ever. Right, no sugar, no, no, none. Not even that one chocolate chip. Right. And, uh, <laughs> the last of the fudge. <laughs> and so, so you know, it just is that you're setting the bar too high, but yet then it feels um, kind of wimpy somehow to say, well, oh, my resolution is I'm gonna run 20 minutes a day three times a week. But that's a completely, if you're coming off of no exercise, that is a completely wonderful and fully formed plan. Yeah. Because, and and even if it if you say, oh, well, and I'm going to walk, run, you know, that I'm not going to even set out to, to run nonstop for those that's 20 minutes. That's legit. Walk, totally. run is legit. Yeah, fully <laughs> it's legit. legit, baby. <laughs> fully, fully, it sure is. And so that you need to remind yourself of that. So just, I think more than um, resolutions, I'm a big believer in picking a goal and so, you know, whether it's a race, whether it's to run that 20 minutes nonstop instead of mixing in walks, if it is to make a running friend and meet her one day a week before you go out for coffee and you exercise before you enjoy that latte or whatever. So so just picking a goal like that rather than a resolution, yeah, that's what I'd suggest. That's a good one. I like that. Yeah. And I, tell, I like to tell um, women who are pregnant or brand, brand, brand new, fresh parents, mm-hmm. don't do anything of the kind. Don't set goals. Don't set resolutions. Just buckle up and hang on and do the best you can. Sure enough. Next year, we'll talk about resolutions. And also, I mean, speaking to to uh, new moms, that whole exercising first thing in the morning, I know I found completely difficult to do. Yeah. Because your night is so unpredictable. Yeah. You know, I, I with, with a high degree of certainty, can know that I can go to bed at 9, 30, 10, 10, 30, and, and, you know, hopefully sleep until that 5, 30, you know, 529 alarm and but you know with a, a newborn baby or, or a baby up to you know how many years you're not that there's no guarantee <laughs> a lot, on that a lot, one, a lot so. of years let's not tell them how many years <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let's be really gentle here <laughs> so so yeah so um i know that when i had um, particularly when i had my twins i was an afternoon runner and so that i i worked from home and then um you know heard the um end of the day work bell in my head around four o'clock and go running at that time yeah so, yeah that works for me too yeah. though I like to run in the morning 
after I, you know, do whatever kid stuff I have to do in the morning, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get them settled in their place. And then if I have the time mm-hmm. before work, mm-hmm. go for a run then. Mm-hmm. That really does set the day up. There's no freaking way I'm getting up at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> see, no, see, no, I, no. I am so um, <clears throat> traumatized by the fear that I would, um, that something would intercede and mm. that I wouldn't get in that 8.30 or that 8.45 run. I wish I had that fear. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bottle it and sell it. <laughs> yeah, I could use a little of that fear. I'm a little bit more lenient, uh-huh. a lot more lenient, uh-huh. where if the day goes by and I realize, no, it's not going to happen, uh-huh. there's no fear. There's a little relief. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Now that's a, I've never thought of that. See, yesterday I didn't get to exercise because I had to be on an all-day business trip. I flew to and from Salt Lake City in one day for a trade show, and you know, then we're socked in with this snow, and I was like, I got to get out there because I cannot take two days off in a row. So you know, put on my yak tracks, and out I went, but and stayed upright. Good. I'm getting yak tracks. ASAP. I want them bad. Yeah. They are really awesome. And I mean, oh my gosh, the comments I got from people when I was running. Mm -hmm. One guy, I um, was running the street on days like this. And so... Um, I moved off to the side when I saw um, an SUV coming my way, and he rolls down his window and he goes, "Go get it, girl!" And I was like, mm-hmm, "Yep, yep, I got things. I got all spikes on my shoes. I'm not quite as badass as yeah. you might think I am." Yeah, but, yeah. You're pretty badass, and you have a oh, reputation I... in the neighborhood as very badass. Oh, so. oh I like that. Claim it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so one of the things that often. Um, kind of kicks a lot of runners that aren't really strong and actually even you you had an injury a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know I'm at a point where got a hip thing been working on it for a while and it's really frustrating so you know one question is do you try to run through an injury or do Mm -hmm. you rest Mm -hmm. an injury yeah for as long as it takes well, until the pain is down at a on a scale of one to ten, you know, at a three, maybe three and a half or lower. Okay. And also where your form isn't compromised, because what so often happens is, okay, so you've got a, a bum hip, so then you're kind of changing your gait a little, mm. and suddenly not only your hip hurts, but your other knee hurts, mm-hmm. and then your ankle starts to hurt, and oh my gosh, then your shoulders hurt because you're carrying so much strain from trying to not run all cattywampus, mm-hmm. you know, so that pretty soon you're a mess. Yeah. <laughs> mess and you're a puddle and yeah, crying you look like a calder <laughs> and you're a whiner and you're looking for this fudge again yeah, right. so so yeah so no you do not want to run through an injury because as we say time and time again on another mother runner uh no running injury ever got better by running on it okay so what do you think is the best approach to take initially do you go to the chiropractor the acupuncturist the physical therapist the ortho doctor yeah. or do you just say this is my own little problem and deal with it yourself sort of depends on the magnitude of it i mean you know if you feel if you are fairly certain that you have plantar fasciitis you know which is a really sharp pain oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that in, awful had that in 2011 so Ugh. i went to see um i guess i went to see a physical therapist i guess i went to see a um sports doctor um and then went and started i saw a physical therapist a few times um i had a really bad experience with a chiropractor so for me a chiropractor is not the thing to do mm-hmm. i have had great great success with acupuncturists when mm-hmm. i had plantar fasciitis amazing results with acupuncture yeah. so i think you have to figure out what the problem is and, and maybe let's say if it feels like it's you know um, a tight something or other, maybe foam rolling is going to be all you need. Mm-hmm. And so a couple sessions with your, you know, your trigger point foam roller are going to get you back on the road. But if it seems like something that, that needs professional attention, 
I would suggest going to, you know, a, a sports therapist, a sports doctor. Yeah. 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 Good so, advice. Yeah. And hopefully your insurance will cover it. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. At least for a couple more weeks. Ooh, let's, <laughs> I, I'm promising my listeners not to go political this week. <laughs> there are, all bets are off for next week because I'm going to DC. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the community that you've built. It's it's obviously huge that there's a huge women's running community, and yep. especially for mothers. Is there a similar community for dads? You know, it's funny. So just at that trade show that I referenced earlier was there, and I forget who I was talking to, but they said that they had tried to start a conversation with, with dad runners online, mm-hmm. and it was just like talking to an empty field. It was dead. That there was just none of that. There's something about women that's really wonderful and that makes me so pleased that I was born a woman, mm-hmm. that women like to talk about things. Women mm-hmm. like to talk with each other. They like to know what their friends are doing, and that sometimes just talking about things makes things better yeah you're still in the same situation you still maybe have that nagging hip you still Mm -hmm. your kid still has autism going back to the example that I gave Mm -hmm. whatever it is but talking about it makes it feel so much better and sharing that experience with someone sharing the sweat with someone as well as the conversation that you have Mm -hmm. can make it so much better and and then you know if you aren't fortunate enough to have a best running friend I mean being able to connect with someone on social media Mm -hmm. and that is just that I mean that's what makes another mother runner so successful our Facebook page has more than 65,000 likes on it and you know our Twitter account and Instagram and all those things people just like they like sharing their hardships they like sharing their successes and it just makes it so much more real and validating to to share that with like-minded people who understand because I think also we live here in Portland you know we can look out here on a regular day when it's not covered in white stuff and see runners going by all the time yeah all the time yeah but there are people who live in communities where they're the only person who gets that joy who gets their yayas out by by running they better be good (laughs) or they better be brave (laughs) and having and feeling like you're part of a community of like-minded people who Mm -hmm. get it who understand why you might set your alarm for 529 you know that 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 makes you feel like you're not the only nut job out there yeah at you know 6 (laughs) a.m um do a lot of another mother runner Members? Um, Members um, of the tribe. Badass Mother Runners. Uh Badass Mother Runners. Okay. Um, Do they run for charities and nonprofit organizations? Oh, most definitely. I mean, uh, they run for Every Mother Counts. I mean, uh, our pal Krista, um, who lives about a mile up from here, you know, she not only runs the New York City Marathon to raise money for Every Mother Counts, but she also, all the change and money that she finds when she's running, Mm -hmm. because the streets are lined in cash here in Portland, Oregon. um, (laughs) 22 cents at a time. (laughs) (laughs) A quarter, a whole quarter. She donates all the money she finds while she's running to another, uh, every mother counts. Yeah. And, you know, and then there's also people who, you know, run for Dana-Farber for, you know, they run the Boston Marathon for mm-hmm. Dana-Farber Cancer Research. They run the St. Jude's Marathon for, uh-huh. you know, to raise money for, for that hospital. You know, there's just so many things that people can find what they want. And we even have this uh, race, small race series that started out here in Portland 
So it's called Cause and Event. And they, like I said, they're a small race series that started out here in Portland. They have one in Idaho. They have one uh, in Boston. And so that you can just check, you know, a list of the 22, 23 charities. And you can give money to that. And if you don't see the charity that you want, you can tell them and they'll add it on. Hmm. So there's just, I mean, there's and so many races. You can always look to see who their charitable partner is. I've had so many um, people that I've talked to about why they run tell me that, Oftentimes they run for charity so that they don't feel like they're being just totally selfish with Mm. their time, Mm -hmm. that they can't quite say, oh, it's perfectly fine for me to run an hour a day just for me. Mm -hmm. But if I am doing it for, you know, for some charity, they feel better about it. Right, exactly. And I think, I mean, another mother runner definitely tries to push women in the direction, nudge women in the direction where they do feel it's perfectly okay to run mm-hmm. for an hour for themselves. Yeah. But until, the, until they reach that point, whatever gets them out the door and, you know, certainly running to raise money for a charity, I feel is um, uh, a quote unquote better thing than because so they can eat that piece of fudge. Yeah. That we keep talking about, you know, yeah, so yeah. that, so, you know, we don't want people running so that, you know, to, to be able to eat, you know, <clears throat> four Joe's, oh, you know, Jojo's when they, you know, peppermint Jojo's, that's my current thing right now to be eating. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's my dirty little secret. Um, oh, those are the Trader Joe's peppermint, peppermint. Oreos? They're like Oreos. Yeah. Oh Trader Joe's. God. Yeah. That are, have a little peppermint. And for the record, I actually take the top off and I don't even eat those. So I only eat one half of the chocolate. <laughs> Because then that way I can, because it's the filling that's the best. So then if I take off the tops, then I've saved, you know. Well, here's a diversion. But Oreos play a big role in our dessert life right now because my 16-year-old daughter is vegan. And Oreos are vegan, too. Well, they're so wonderful for you. Aren't they? I know. I know. All about the health food, that one. Supposedly JoJo's are better quote unquote better for you than Oreos. <laughs> Let's uh, go ahead and kid ourselves yeah. a little more, shall we? I do have we? A nonfat chocolate milk or nonfat milk when I when I eat my JoJo's. See, so healthy. Yeah. <laughs> this Sarabanche <laughs> is such a health fiend. <laughs> okay, shifting gears again. So I'm going to go to D.C. next week mm-hmm. and participate in a bunch of events, but among them, the Women's March on Washington. Mm-hmm. Are Fantastic. you doing any kind of Women's March here in Portland or somewhere in the world? I am. Do- there's the local one on the day after the inauguration right on saturday the 21st so yes i am planning on doing that oh good and are you marching for anyone or for a reason oh that's interesting um my flippant answer would be that's a week from saturday so i'm still giving it some time Mm -hmm. um mainly because you know, um, yesterday at the trade show, I was uh, at some, entered to win some raffle or something, and the, you had to answer a question and said, uh, I care most about, and I thought for a second, I said, equal rights for everyone. Mm-hmm. So I guess I will borrow that answer to answer your question. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. It's so I just, um, because I am a, uh, I'm 5'11", I um, am strong. I, I look at, I'm look strongly built at least mm. I'm, I'm strong. And so I have always felt like maybe I, um, am not subjected to the same sorts of, um, I don't know. I feel like I could, I'm bigger than a lot of men. So I sometimes don't feel as subjugated as some women mm-hmm. feel. And I feel very fortunate for that mm-hmm. because I think I, um, am somewhat oblivious to the struggles that a lot of women face yeah. in our society and I'm outspoken. And so, um, but, you know, I remember one time when I was, uh, you know, we had kind of a crazy rowing coach freshman year of my college and 
it was definitely the first time that I ever really felt put in a box for my gender. Mm. And it was such a terrible feeling. Hmm. And um, that was the first time when you were in college, the first time you you felt gender inequity. I would say so. Wow. I felt it at three. That's my first. Yeah. And I remember vividly thinking if I was a boy, my brothers couldn't grab me and tickle me. Wow. Yeah. I remember it. One of my first memories. Wow. Is remembering that. Because my brothers would do that. They'd grab me. They'd tickle me. I hated it. Oh, my gosh. And there was nothing I could do to stop them. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, How about, well, do we think, um, the only other thing was uh, I really, really wanted to be in the Boy Scouts. I did not want to be a brown Oh, me too. Me too. And I was, we never really looked that far into it, but the assumption was always, well, I couldn't be a Boy Scout because I was a girl. But they got to go camping. They got to use a pocket knife. They did not have to sew badges. They just (laughs) got to do all, they got to build fires. Right. That's when you started listening, I was thinking, how about building that fire? How about building that fire? Yep. 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 I wanted to be a Boy Scout too. Yeah. So, um, so I don't know, but I, I guess I didn't dwell too hard on that. Um, I was very, very outspoken as a child. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, I think maybe I, um, got over a lot of those feelings just because I really. Because of who you are, Mm -hmm. who you are in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So just a couple more questions and then we're going to go for our walk. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know how people are always saying, they use the phrase, nobody ever told me that. Mm, How mm-hmm. would you fill in the blank? Nobody ever told you that. Uh, that mothering uh, got tougher the older your kids get. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, there's that. That, that um, you know, so, and I talked about this recently on the Another Mother Runner podcast, that so many people talk about how tough it is to parent baby, you know, to be a mom of a baby and yeah. to be, you know, breastfeeding and waking up several times at night and changing diapers and all that stuff. And then you think, oh boy, once my kid can buckle themselves into the car seat and wipe their own butt, like life is good. Oh yeah. Then it's good. And, yeah. This no, kid gets easy. Yeah. No. So that, um, so in the co-host I had on that episode, she said, um, she said, Small kids, small problems, big kids, big problems. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That couldn't be any more true. Yeah, and yeah. I had never heard that phrase. And man, no one ever told me that before. Yeah. And it just, because it is, it's it also, oh, that is snow coming off the roof. Um, wow. It is, it's, it's also things that, it's problems that seem to be, like they're not going to be solved tomorrow. They're mm-hmm. not going to be solved today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they're going to continue to be problems. So how are we going to get a long-term solution or long, long-term management? Because we might not even find the answer. I mean, my older daughter suffers from chronic headaches. Mm. And we're just learning that probably managing them is going to be our best thing, not actually getting rid of them. Yeah. And, and having to, you know, feel that sense of inadequacy that I can't make her headaches go away. And, um, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I hope this recorder is really good and picking up the ringing phone in my pocket, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm ignoring. Well, I agree. I'm, I'm at the tail end of the, um, you know, actual legal parenting years. Mm -hmm. We've only got about another year before my youngest is 18. Wow. But, you know, then I have a 21 year old who was a very challenging raise, let me say. <laughs> and then I have a 27-year-old and a 29-year-old and a 32-year-old. And you, there's sort of, it's like a, an arc that you get to 
they get to be legal adults in the world and you know that they're still having trouble, mm-hmm. it still pains your heart. Mm-hmm. And yet mostly it's not your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so instead it's all about letting go. Yeah. And that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because it's also just, I don't know, it's, it's, I try to tell myself that I can move on from thinking about it and mm-hmm. my mind just drifts back to the, the situations all the time. All the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. How, how do you think about it mostly at 4 a.m.? <laughs> um, my time's usually, you know, since I'm about to wake up around 4 a.m., you know, so no, I, um, yeah, I specialize in about the kind of 131 to mm. 232 range. You uh, can really solve a lot yeah. of problems at that time, <laughs> oh can't you? And, but the, I mean, the only good thing is, is they seem uh, an awful lot bigger during the night than they do when you wake up in mm-hmm. the, in the, I was going to say the clear light of day, but sometimes it's only the weak overcast light of day yeah. here in Portland. But um, it, gosh, gosh, the problems are so much smaller. And, and thank God for the morning. Yeah, and so, but thank God for the morning because yeah. problems are, I, there must be some like physics law that the, their weight is like one fifth what they are <laughs> at bedtime and probably one twentieth what they are in the middle of the night. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have been sleeping particularly badly the past week or two and it just... Yeah. It just slingshots you all over the place. I know. It's like having a newborn again. (laughs) (laughs) Except for you can't solve the problem by giving him a boob. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the queen of the 4 a.m. worry. Man, I'm good. But I actually, I've got some coping strategies where I'll, I'll realize the reason you're not asleep is because you're being ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And the problem is you're just making this up. Mm-hmm. This isn't actually a light of day problem. Mm-hmm. And oh, that's a good phrase, light of day problem. Yeah, that's this good. isn't a light of day problem. This is a 4 a.m. worry fast <laughs> for no darn good reason. And I'll find that if I get up out of bed, uh-huh. go into another room, uh-huh. turn on the light, oh. then I can reset my clock and I can go back and say, okay, now I'm going back to sleep. And, I, and mostly I do. Oh, that's intriguing because there's a, there's an idiotic part of me that thinks, oh, well, if I turn on the light or if I listen to the podcast or something, that's going to keep me awake. And then I'll never sleep yeah, again. Never. And tomorrow's going to be ruined. <laughs> and then your 4 a.m. worry fest just spins right. it, spins it. When will I be able to catch up on that sleep? And then so, what's going to happen? Right, right. I'm going to be a so, bag lady in the corner. Right. So, so it's so awful that I think like if I do all those things, yet then I'll continue to lay there for 90 minutes. Yes. Whereas if I took your approach, maybe I'd fall... I would still get the heart revved up a little because I get out of bed, turn on the light, that whole thing. But yeah. then the brain might be able to shut down an hour sooner than it would if I just lay there in the dark. Give it a try. You, might, yeah. you might be there at 1.30 a.m. Sometimes, sometimes, though, that um, I, there's a part of me that doesn't know what to do when I would get up at that time of, yeah. of night that... Um, like currently, well, like I'm reading two books, but one of them is one that I'm going to be teaching in my younger daughter's um, language arts class. Uh-huh. And I'm not supposed to go past a certain page and I'm already at that page. So I, you can break that rule. <laughs> I, could, I give I, you permission. I? Yeah. You can read ahead. <laughs> <laughs> They're never going to know. <laughs> and then, and then, um, so, and then, uh, like there's a book at the library I want to pick up, but you know, it's maybe that's where I need to walk the library. Maybe so. <laughs> because, or maybe it's close but but um or then like i think oh i could listen to a podcast it's like well if i listen to a political podcast that'll get me too revved up if i listen to a true crime one that'll get me too upset. never sleep again yeah, yeah. <laughs> right so i think I need- so what about just getting like 
I call them candy reads. Mm. They're they're useless reads. I mean, they're just the kind of things that you don't admit to your friends that once in a while you read a little bit of it, you know? <laughs> just grab one of those for your worry fest, and you get up in the middle of the night, and you go sit by a cozy little, you know, light, and you read five pages of your candy read. Oh. And that's I'm, it. What are all these you'll, solutions you're coming You'll up never, with? well, I'm older than you. <laughs> You'll never remember the pages uh-huh. because they're so stupid and trivial, but it'll reset your clock. Maybe I should get a graphic novel because then at least there's pictures, yeah. you know, there's the, it's pretty light reading. Yeah. Um, yeah. And That's I, funny. I need to keep my readers near there, though, so I can actually see them because the eyes don't work nearly as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dark or at night. I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, I have asked you my last question once before, I think, but let's see how you answer it this year. Mm-hmm. Where are you in your life as a mom? Oh, that's an intriguing one. Um, I am at the stage where I need to start showing my kids more how much they mean to me. Ooh. Um, Ooh. That, that, for instance, my older daughter definitely, you know, she's just turned 15 this week, and she definitely wants to be left alone. And when I was traveling on the plane yesterday, I thought, well, you know, the fact that she sends out a a leave-me-alone vibe doesn't mean I have to leave her alone. Right. You can read ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Good. And I could, even though she definitely sends out a vibe, don't say goodnight to me, don't, you know, don't hug me, you know. I, so I decided yesterday while I was away that um, I would actually start giving her more hugs. And maybe I'd start to hug her before she walked out the door to school every day. It's going to make a difference. Yeah. You're going to see some sort of... Some sort of reaction there. I think so, yeah. too. I like that. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. So, and um, and just, you know, to sometimes stop what I'm doing and listen better to my kids. And um, because I am very much aware of the fact that time is just flowing. It's like, almost over. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And but I, it I'm, actually isn't. That 18. <laughs> yeah. It's an artificial deadline <laughs> that is pretty terrifying. Uh-huh. And... And they do go away to college or wherever they're going to go, uh-huh. but not for long, <laughs> not for long. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I think we've, we've done it. Good. This has Good been old. fun. I love it. I know. I it's almost it, yeah. like our anniversary issue, but right. it, we're a little late for that. <laughs> All right. Say goodbye. All righty. Ciao. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this. Mama said. Mama said. Well, that was fun. I always love talking to Sarah Bowen-Shea. Whenever we run into each other in the neighborhood, I know I'm in for a good conversation. And, of course, we didn't make it out for that walk. So now I am clomping home in my snowshoes on my sunny Portland day and um, really excited about being able to put a recorder in my pocket and take it everywhere I go And um, I bet you that we're going to pick up some really, really interesting conversations going forward. So thank you all for joining the podcast this week and being willing to be part of my little sound experiment as I learn how to take Common Sense Pregnancy to go. We'll talk again next week, everybody. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Picture Studios in Portland, Oregon. To learn more about Sarah Bowenshay, head on over to Another Mother Runner. She's awesome. Talk next week. Bye-bye.